Dive is a four-piece rock band from Connecticut, brought to you by Zachary Cole Smith. Inspired by Nirvana and My Bloody Valentine, Dive's cathartic grunge and shoegaze ecstasy purge the demons from your soul and detoxify your mind through Zachary's exploration of inner trauma. You're tuned into Roots to Grooves. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Rooster Grooves. What's up, guys? I'm Jesse. Across from me is Jay Purcell. As you know, and like he said, it's Rooster Grooves. Here every week, um, exploring a new artist every week, talking about their career, their music, their earliest beginnings, their approach to music, their how they mindset, get how they get things done. Yes, how they get things done, where they're at now. Or where they may, might not be at now, <laughs> yeah. depending on who the artist is we're talking about. But Speaking of which, we got a little bit of a special choice today. Yes. Coming from um, one of our first listener mails. Yeah. Uh, uh, actually, you got the email. Why don't you take it, Jay? Kyle Brown there wrote, we go. wrote in to our very special email address, roots to grooves at signalradio.com, S-I-G-N-L radio.com. Thanks um, for writing in. Yeah, Kyle, thanks, man. He, uh, he said he's been listening to the shows for a while. Really likes the, the the conversations that we have. Easy to listen to, apparently. We're easy to listen to, which is nice to hear. Not middle of the road, though, hopefully, but just easy, easy listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, he said he, he wanted to mention this band for us this week, Dive, which has a unique spelling. I think it's like, is it D-I-I-V? I think it's two, I, I think they spell all caps. It's kind of like, it looks like Roman, Roman numerals, right? Yeah, it almost looks written. like a two in there, but uh, yeah. simply enough, it's dive. Yeah. Um, I saw two things. It was either Oops. based off of, um, they, they took that from the Nirvana song, Dive. Yeah. After that. Yeah. Um, or um, the spelling of the name was changed um, after they, they learned there was a Belgian industrial group yeah by the same name called dive yeah and uh and the lead guy from uh dive whose name is zachary uh, cole smith i think he goes by cole I think. yeah so that's the lead singer um, of dive the band we're talking about today yeah he said he changed the spelling because out of respect for that band that were existing mm-hmm. um not because they were trying to sue them or anything like that. Yeah, there's no legal so, issues, just out yeah. of respect. Yeah, which is cool, and they got even a cooler band name because it looks yeah, yeah more unique, and it's pretty sweet. And at a certain point, you know, uh, Cole said that the name doesn't really matter. Like, you know, he doesn't really put R- too much importance on it. It's just right. kind of like, yeah. I mean, they had their his original inspirations for it because of Nirvana and that song, mm-hmm. and then the sound of the music he was creating. Mm-hmm. But he said ultimately, it's like I don't care what the band's called. So that's also yeah. why he didn't really care too much to change the spelling, I guess. But um, yeah, yeah, fair enough. I think. Uh, I mean, yeah. So let's talk about. Basically, we're talking about it's uh, dream pop, it's indie rock, it's shoegaze. Yeah. Um, you know, distorted guitars, kind of jangly guitars. Yeah. Surfy guitars. You know, some nice, you know, just drums wailing in the background, you know, bass, kind of punky, post, post-punk post kind yeah, of bass. Post-punk, yeah. Um, so, yeah, you can hear kind of these influences from Nirvana, 
to My Bloody Valentine yeah. is, I think, a pretty big, consistent yeah, yeah. Uh, influence for Dive. Yeah, and Lush. I would say the word Lush. Yeah, Lush. For, to describe their sound a little bit. Totally yeah. textured. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, so, yeah, really kind of big wall of sound yeah. type things. Shoegazing, like, you know, they're really jamming. The, there's vocals on most of this music, yeah. but it's very um, pushed back in the mix. Yeah. Like almost behind the guitars. Right. Um, which is a really kind of shoegazy thing, and it kind of is, you know, a psychedelic type of production technique. Yeah. Um, that kind of helps you draw into the texture and the the music and everything. Yeah. Kind of envelops you a little bit more rather than having those crystal clear vocals right up front. Right. Super hot. Yeah, yeah. And just right up front burning through everything. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you could really just kind of fall into this music and just get really lost in this world that they create. Yeah. Um, really cool, really cool vibes. These guys got three albums out. Mm-hmm. They're kind of new coming in, starting in like the early 2010s. Mm-hmm. Um, and we said the name of the singer and the the principal songwriter for the band Zachary Cole Smith. Yeah. Right now their iteration is, um, they have Andrew Bailey. Actually, let me, I'll say what their instruments are as well. Yeah. Um, but we got Andrew Bailey, and he's been there for, I can't find my, Jay, help. Uh, well, Where's my notes? Um, he's on guitar. I'm on the wrong, I'm on my wrong tab, that's why. <laughs> I have the names of the people who aren't in the band okay. anymore and when they left, but I don't okay. I don't know when the, some <laughs> of the current people joined. But Right. You know. um, yeah, my bad. We can cut that out, or we can just, we're along here with my aloof researching skills on the fly but andrew bailey was there from the beginning yeah uh he was on guitar and then we also have devin rubin perez was there for a while up until mm-hmm. like 2018 and he's gone now and bass was taken over by colin caulfield mm-hmm. let's see colby hewitt mm-hmm. was with the band until about 2015 and then he he was on drums and mm-hmm. then they switched to a new drummer named ben newman mm-hmm. uh but yeah basically it's a four piece right now Bass, drums, guitar, yeah, vocals, shoegaze, yeah. loud rock, yeah, yeah, good stuff, yeah, and um, yeah, if we want to take a step back, yeah, to the, the that's kind of a little origins. overview for everybody, yeah, talking about dive today. Let's let's dive on in <laughs> to the you know horrible pun and to uh, get yeah. a little background, Jay. Yeah, yeah. So I think they all knew each other the original members at least knew each other from high school mm-hmm. i think it sounds like um but also i think that cole was only in that school for like a little bit before being kicked out like literally two weeks or something i heard so him say or something like cole's that. a little bit yeah. he, he's experienced some trouble yeah he's in his yeah. life a little bit yeah 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 i mean in, in his early years that back then when he was a teenager he, he said he didn't even remember how he got kicked out of school and I think it was um, Andrew Bailey that said, just for being a dick, right? Or something just like that. Generally, <laughs> just being generally a dick. being a dick. And so he like, because uh, we didn't, did we say they're from Brooklyn? Didn't say they're nope, from Brooklyn. we're just yeah, the horrible exactly, yeah, podcasters yeah. that we are. Right, so they're from Brooklyn and, and he, they were going to school there. And so when Cole got kicked out, he went to the, some private school in Manhattan, mm-hmm. which kind of sounds a little bit swanky to me. A little bougie. I don't know. Yeah, he said it was a really small school with only like, 20 kids in the entire school so each class would have like people from different levels like eighth mm-hmm. grade 10th grade sort of thing what was the deal that's like a private school and it's expensive and 
Yeah, and I think it's, you know, it's a special school for people that had trouble. Are generally dicks. Yeah, generally. <laughs> had problems in uh, their previous schooling, so they need a little bit more attention, which I guess is kind of cool if you think about it. Like, you know, they realize that um, these kids are not thriving in the traditional high school mm -hmm. sense, so they need a little bit more attention and focus. Yeah, just Ob a obviously, style. Obviously, it's private, so his parents had to pay for that. Mm -hmm. this extra attention sort of thing it's called beekman school by the way in nice. manhattan and uh um but yeah he met the other guys like in his first school in connecticut st luke's in connecticut so mm -hmm. that's where they're from and then uh just sort of stayed in touch with them yeah it seems so, like yeah i mean yeah, yeah zachary was uh you know mr smith what are we calling him cole or zachary uh I think he goes by Cole in one in interview I read. So yeah. I'm, I'm saying that. But if I just I'm realized wrong, that. <laughs> we can call him whatever. Let want. us know what he goes by on the streets. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but Mr. Zachary Cole Smith, born in New yeah. York, yeah. raised in Connecticut. Yeah. And so he started playing guitar as a young boy. And I think he joined a few bands during his school years. Mm. Um, you know, I mean, you know, kind of questioning, kind of saying that ironically. Uh, okay. I mean, I think that's what he did. <laughs> right. I didn't see this. That's all I know. I guess yeah. he was with a, a psych rock band called Black, mm. Soft Black. Okay, yeah. And so he played with them. Mm -hmm. um, and then he also played with Beach Fossils for a little bit too. I don't know if I'm skip, skipping too much ahead. Yeah, no. So I think this is why um, how uh, our listener Kyle mentioned it. He said he thought that we'd mentioned them before. Yeah, and we so did I'm, do an episode on Beach Fossils. We definitely did, and I, I'm sort of recalling now in my mind, because didn't Zachary play drums for Beach Fossils? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so I kind of vaguely remember him being in the band and leaving and doing his own thing. Mm -hmm. Kind of like the guy from Pond. He played drums with Tame Impala, right? Live. Right. And went off and did his own thing. Yeah, no, front exactly. Man, same similar situation. Mm -hmm. The Dave Grohl thing, like going from the drums to the front of the stage. To being the, the <laughs> principal songwriter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Frontman of your band. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so he went on to form Dive in 2011. Yeah. And he wrote the first two singles, I think, that came out where he recorded them and wrote them all by himself. Yeah. He said um, it sort of came about just in, at home. He said he was writing these songs in his bedroom. Mm -hmm. No internet connection. Um, and yeah. He didn't even know if it was ever going to see the light of day yeah. outside of his room. He just wanted to start this project for his own kind of yeah. cathartic expression. Yeah. Uh, and then... And then he he got his buddies and these people who he knew from school days from before yeah. um, to start a band yeah and for the for the live band at least and they became yeah legitimate band members but for the recording yeah the the first album is called Ocean Ocean mm -hmm. 2012 um, uh, he said like when he was uh, writing and recording them at home he said all the all the song titles would just have the date and then a short word describing it. Mm -hmm. um, and then so he could like look back and, and be like, oh, yeah, you kind of he remembered what it sounded like just from that, which is kind of cool. That is cool. Um, but yeah, I think it was, um, I think he did record, re-record this album, right, properly, like from the demos. He had the demos and then he went off. And then I think they re-record them because yeah. they, yeah. they I'm, I'm guessing, I'm trying to put these things together based on the information available on the internet. Yeah. You know, obviously that's what we do, so... I don't know how he got signed, but he got signed to Captured Tracks mm -hmm. record label in 2011. Which so, is the label um, that Beach Fossils were on. So okay. So I that think that's the connection. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. I'm not, yeah. yeah. Obviously, that he knew somebody 
yeah. I'm, I'm guessing there's some kind of connection there yeah. and they wanted to help each other out so which is cool yeah all the more reason to get networking and just be in a band and that could yeah. lead to more things later and i think it was um because when the release came out it was 2011 he dropped a single called human and then a single called sometime as well and i think it was the way it worked it was he showed those two songs to captured tracks and they decided to put them out mm -hmm. and then based off of that they i think later decided to put out the full album okay so, that makes a lot of sense yeah um cool they, yeah so yeah. so they they signed there they released human and sometime um yeah both of them were demos that he recorded on his own mm. and there was a song called geist mm -hmm. and also i think that was the third single from that album yeah exactly. from ocean um and that came out in 2012 yes yes ocean so let's play yeah. a track from ocean yeah so we started out i think i got one lined up for you we started out with Sometime, which was the second single. And then, uh, yeah, you picked out this track, Doused. Yeah, it's a good one. Here we go. driving music like that driving yeah. music i want to do this dance to it i know just, you, just makes you want to get up and move <laughs> yeah but yeah driving stomping, energy stomping just, head down kind of in the in the mosh yeah, pit i know bit, we just yeah. got to be in the dark in a mosh pit yeah, just jumping yeah. Yeah. no vocals just instrumentals just jamming yeah, yeah so good so i mean yeah very um in intoxicating atmosphere throughout this whole album ocean yeah from 2012 and zachary played every instrument on it which is crazy that was all him yeah yeah he only had one collaborator in the studio. It was the engineer producer Daniel Schlett, who has he has a crazy um, uh, diverse number of people he's worked with. I think probably not just as a producer but as an engineer. Mm -hmm. Ghostface Killer, okay. Theo Crocker, you heard of him? No. We should do an episode on Theo Crocker. Right nice. Now. I'd love to. And the War on Drugs. Um, nice. Yeah. And among he's done a lot of other stuff, but yeah, he he was. Um, running the board the studio strange weather studios which is in brooklyn mm -hmm. um which is kind of funny because i just looked them up and they said they've gone through a lot of incarnations and they moved into their current space in williamsburg brooklyn in late 2012 so this album was recorded at a, an older incarnation gotcha of uh, strange weather but it's good that they're even a more studio that keep, keeps going in this climate of yeah trying to keep music studios going yeah i love yeah. it good going yeah yeah, yeah keep it up um so yeah we're talking about ocean the dive album the 2012 it's yeah um yeah it's carefree it's sweet um it's well written yeah it's it's pretty it's pretty shoegazy mm -hmm. um you know twanging guitars it's pretty repetitive yeah. so it's kind of hypnotic yeah. um dreamy rock mm -hmm. the buried vocals like we were talking about reverby mm -hmm. uh you know atmosphere but good you know like we heard in that song Dow's good lead guitar lines yeah that are pretty catchy but pretty simple yeah um yeah i mean that's that's basically what i got on this it's a really good album all the way through and especially yeah. really good for being their debut album yeah 
and sort of three diverse influences I think that went through him in creating this music. He mentioned kraut rock, the genre of of German kind of rock music. Right. I was. Oh yeah. yeah. And uh, Nirvana, of course, because he Cobain is one of his um, sort of heavy inspirations. I think mm-hmm. like throughout just being a musician and everything like that. He was that. inspired by the, the heavy drug use. <laughs> well, we'll get onto I'm, that I'm just, in I'm, a bit. I'm just kidding. Maybe that, that was a little low blow. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> but, I don't, I don't, no, I'm not throwing shade. <laughs> no, it's okay. I support everybody. Um, the third influence would kind of surprise me a little bit was um, uh, he mentioned world music and specifically um, these Malai- Malayan, I'm not pronouncing that correctly, basically guitar music from Mali. Yeah, right. right. I had to look that up too. Yeah. It's a country. Yeah. And Malayan. There and you go. Got it's an African, right. African in the north, northwestern African. Yeah. And it's funny, I, I actually mentioned, uh, I think a couple of episodes back, that Damon Armand did an album called Mali Music. Oh, that's the spot he was visiting too? Yeah, where he like worked with a lot of those I remember he would, from there. Yeah. He, would go back, he would go back there a lot of times, right? Yeah, yeah. And he did a really great album, which is worth checking out, Mali so Music. cool stuff going on, going on in Mali as far as music goes. Yeah, and, and there was this one artist um, that Zachary mentioned called Baba Salah. And specifically, he did an album called Bore. And it was that album specifically that he really influenced Zachary on like kind of the guitar work and that, mm-hmm. which is interesting because you wouldn't place it. But if you like think about that track, we just played Douse and the way that guitar is going. And then you listen to some Malayan guitar mm-hmm. music, you could see the parallels a little bit. Right. Like, um, I'm going to have to listen cool. to that album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, all the way through, yeah, you know. Definitely. Yeah. Um, the cover artwork is by a guy called Kiak, Kayak Shook. Kayak is that Shook. right? I don't know. I can't say anything about the pronunciation, (laughs) but it sounds right to me. Um, Apparently, it was a print that already existed. He liked the look of it. Um, He seemed, he felt it connected the natural world and the spirit world. Mm -hmm. Um, And he felt that seems just really wise. Um, Yeah. We have a picture of the album on on the screen right now. Looking at it, it's kind of black and white, there's some color waves in the background a little bit is it like a bird an abstract bird or something like that it's like yeah it could be yeah could be interpreted that way there you go i mean yeah interpreted no but it does look like a bird yeah it is somewhat abstract but it's kind of like one of those things that the doctor shows you and like it's like a blotch of (laughs) paint and it's like what do you you see yeah Yeah. so i think it's meant to be a little bit ambiguous but it is cool because it it draws on your attention yeah with its kind of you know the simplicity yeah. And the, the contrast between the shapes and then the the kind of white background. Yeah, yeah. So it's pretty cool. I, I, I dig yeah. it. Yeah, and so um, at this point, yeah, he'd recorded the album um, Ocean um, I th- and put it out. And I think maybe, I'm not sure if it was before they released the album or as they were doing it, that he approached his childhood buddies to form the live band, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah. To get together and do that stuff. Yeah, you're right. Um and uh, yeah, I think I, I know. Uh, so Andrew Bailey, he said he was playing with a band called Shilpa Ray. I haven't heard of them. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of Shilpa Ray? I've not. Um, we'll have to check those out. Um, and he was like on the road with them and touring. And then basically they got back home and it kind of fizzled away. And he, he thought he wasn't going to do music anymore. <laughs> and then Zachary called him up and is like, I got this project. 
um, and uh, and then Zachary found out that Shilpa Ray had disbanded, and then it was just like no brainer. Okay, let's get together, let's do this. To be, yeah, yeah. And um, the stars aligned. And then Perez, who is was not anymore, right? He, he no, he's was, gone. Yeah. Dave, Devin Rubin Paris bass player original bass player yeah all the way he played until 2018 or so right yeah he uh, he like had never been in a band before but obviously pl- played and Zachary knew he played and yeah he said he, he didn't really know why he said yes to join the band because he said he'd been asked a lot of times by different people to do something and he always said no um, but this time he decided hmm. to say yes. But apparently before he said yes, he's very into Chinese astrology. And he asked um, Zachary for his star sign and like basically read his chart and all that and stuff like that. Yeah. And he was like, okay, yeah, then I'll, I'll be in the band. And he said, yeah? On, yeah. And apparently, uh, so Zachary's uh, Scorpio and uh, Perez said every member of the band was a water sign. So. Hmm. Which kind of like with the name Dive as well was a little bit of interesting. A interesting. I mean, thing, it like, sounds like just yeah. from this research, there's a few synchronicities happening. Yeah, yeah. That are kind of you know, like I said, the stars aligned yeah. for Dive. Literally. Literally, <laughs> like yeah, literally. Yeah. The Chinese zodiac. And it had to uh, align for Perez as well. I think he was. He said he was just a skateboarder or something, and was, well, one of the other guys was, was, he was just, just a skateboarder. Yeah, and, joined a band. The rest is history. <laughs> And then, uh, yeah, then they, so they got together. Those uh, three, was it just three other guys? And, and, uh, and yeah, all Col- Colby Hewitt was on drums as well um, mm-hmm. at that point. Um, and, uh, yeah, so they got together, started doing this, this album live, mm-hmm. right? And uh, went on tour. Do we know much about their touring history? or No, I think they just played a bunch of clubs. Yeah. Um, around the US. Oh, yeah, that was what I heard. So in New York, they, they just did a shit ton of shows every night of the week, almost. Specific in yeah. Brooklyn or just all New York up, in general? All over New York, yeah. And uh, and Brooklyn a lot. So just kind of a localized tour. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they said sometimes they just they'd do two shows in one night and stuff like that. Um, so they kind of like came out of the gate just thinking, you know, we've got this album, we rehearsed it, we're going to play it live. And uh, yeah, and I haven't heard this. We talked a lot before about bands that go on tour and how big important touring is and stuff like that. Yeah, but it's interesting to hear how they just really hit like every venue they could play at in New York mm-hmm. really super hard. And uh, you know, they said they were, weren't picky. They were just saying yes to anything and if anything they got offered, any opportunity, they just go and play the show sort of thing. I think that's one yeah. thing we keep seeing through all these different types of bands and stuff. Yeah, like they just. Let's go play live. Yeah. Let's yeah. get out there. Doesn't matter if there's people in the audience or mm-hmm. not, or if it's a big venue or a small venue. Yeah. They just go out and play. Yeah. Consistently. Yeah. yeah. Seems like a. That's all I got to say. I'm out. Yeah. I mean, it's funny though because I've been sort of. I felt like kind of a little bit jaded about the Seattle live scene lately, especially through well, COVID. It's happened to everyone everywhere. But like. Yeah. Um. But I guess the difference between Seattle and New York is New York is like massive and there's way more places, there's way more opportunities to play. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's been Just, the birth scene of multiple genres and scenes and throughout culture and history of America, right? So, yeah, it's a cultural hub. Yeah, yeah. Whereas Seattle, like, you know, 
I can name five venues or something, and then you have to go outside into the more of the rural areas or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I don't see the va- I, don't, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm being too jaded, but I don't see the value. I see the value in hitting the scene locally in New York and doing that. I don't see the value in doing it in somewhere so small as Seattle. But maybe I'm just being jaded. I don't know. What do you, any thoughts on that? No, I no. think. <clears throat> No, I don't know. It, it, it's hard to say, it, especially in a place where like there was a solid music scene during the '90s in Seattle, mm. and it was mm. it was like you know people say at least it was thriving, and it was. But a know, lot of that's gone away, though. Is the problem like all well, those venues that Nirvana played at? Mm-hmm. Half of them have gone. Well, and um, that's yeah. what I was gonna say. It's kind of mm. like it, it was awesome, and had, yeah. uh, there's like a legacy and like legend, yeah. legendary stories and and yeah. stuff surrounding Seattle. But then, yeah, it's kind of waned away since that grunge. Yeah. has kind of been dying ever since yeah, yeah and i mean there's still rock and, and grunge still being made yeah um but it's not at that the top of the pop like which is funny for seattle because yeah it's funny that we're talking about this now because nirvana being a big influence on zachary right and us Full being circle. here and having a bit of insight into the scene mm-hmm. like um yeah like yeah what was i was saying train of thought yeah i mean yeah people from outside seattle still see seattle as the place of grunge mm-hmm. and a lot of people have moved here because of that mm-hmm. and a lot of people visit here because of that like mm-hmm. and but but now like it's like it's hard to go find that music playing like i mean live music in general is waning everywhere i think but yeah in seattle like like for example we're in pioneer square and uh we've played the central saloon big mm-hmm. venue down here just Nirvana the played there as well um but i've heard stories about that street just literally around the corner from here first avenue was uh just it was kind of like the french quarter in new orleans it was like mm-hmm. the old part of town and, mm-hmm. and it was just music club after music club mm-hmm. there was like grunge music across the street there was a jazz club or blues club now there there's just the central just um they're the, still doing good music though they still play yeah. put on shows all the time now, yeah they get a good cool. stage yeah yeah but uh but in general yeah. the scene is kind of dissipated yeah there isn't this air in this neighborhood now is not it's nothing going on here for music yeah apart from central it's a shell of what it used to be yeah which is kind of sad yeah um so i mean yeah to your point i don't know no i don't know what's going on in seattle there's not much of a, a yeah there's, there's not a general vibe of like a scene happening no like people don't feel like they're part of something happening in seattle specifically no um I even mean, though there's a lot of, there's still a lot of great artists and stuff around yeah yeah i mean i i my most of my exposure has been to well kind of like the hip-hop and rb scene that's happening here which seems to be thriving. There's a lot of artists like out here. Like we played shows with Liv and uh, Campana's another guy out here. Like there's a few people we know or I've known like through us playing with Dave Shanae and that. There's a bit of a scene going on around that, but it's still right. um, it's kind of an underground vibe. It's scene. underground, yeah, which is cool. Which is like how good scenes come about yeah yeah grassroots and there's also still like the only other side of live music i've seen here has been um kind of i guess shoegazy more of like the goth sort of scene a little bit Mm -hmm. there's a lot of that going on out here in pockets but it's not really doesn't seem to be some of it is original but some of it is just seems to be treading old ground and playing duran duran covers or something like that yeah it's like yeah yeah 
But anyway, I don't know. I mean, yeah, to your <laughs> to your point, I think it, it'd be worth where it's still worth it for bands to play in Seattle is for their own experience. Yeah, to, yeah, yeah. To acquire their own experience playing live. Yeah. Know what equipment you want to have. Know how it feels to be on stage. Yeah. Know how it feels to be in front of an audience that is non-existent. Yeah. You know, know how it feels to play to an empty room. Yeah. And all this is like stuff that you need to have on a, as an artist to be a successful touring musician. Well, there's the value then. Yeah, I think. Yeah, you've got me a little less jaded now. <laughs> that, that's that's what I'm saying. We we got to do it for you know if you can yeah. to share your music, you got to be able to do it yourself. You got to be able to perform it and yeah have that experience. So I think there's still some value in playing clubs yeah. even if there's nobody there. I think that's what Dive are doing like as well. So yeah, this is the key thing you just said to me that like. Okay, yeah, it's the it's doing for the experience of doing mm -hmm. it. Like if you're playing night after night, you get used to playing the songs. You get to feel like I think they even said this like dive like you get to feel like what it's like to be on tour, but in your own city kind of yeah, thing. yeah. Because you you're schlepping the gear, you're doing the shows, you're playing, you're just working everything out on mm -hmm. stage, the whole workflow, everything like that. Right, it's invaluable. And if you do it right, mm -hmm. if you're filming your content, was what you we should all be doing well, in yeah. this. In this age day and of age. video yeah yeah um that's plenty of content for you to just be posting as stories and yeah, yeah and you know photos and you know it's all photo opportunity so yeah take the value when you can definitely but yeah anyway back to dot back to drive We're, all right so they we got through their first album yeah good um you know critical acclaim yeah i think it charted yeah i think so did, did, did some stuff i, I yeah, I don't remember. Maybe it was like 37 or something, but I'm just making that up. <laughs> I'm on the number 37 on the billboard. I think. Something. Yeah, okay, yeah, all right. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, then they, we talked a little bit about their touring stuff, and then they, they go on. Yeah. Um, I mean, what, talk to me about um, Mr. Cole Smith, and was he having any um, issues in between these two albums outside of music? Yeah, there's a lot of stuff I read so, about. Um, yeah, but we don't have to go too into it because that's not the focus of what we're talking about. But he was just, yeah, you know. he got well. He developed a heroin addiction at a certain point, mm -hmm. and yeah, and sometime in between the first and second album, he went to rehab, right? Yeah, well, yeah, I think it was rehab. Yeah, and um, although some of the articles I read, it sounded like it might have been a, a hospital for mental illnesses, but I oh. might be I might be wrong on that. It's just the way it was described, in right? Something I saw. Um, yeah, so he did realize he had an issue and, and, you know, was trying to figure it out, but mm -hmm. he kind of, you know, he made this comment, let me see if I can dig it up, um, about drug addiction. Well, he said a few things about it. Um, uh, he's one thing he said is drugs is a door you can never close once it's open. Um, if a person isn't feeling you're being honest with them or their love then they can be gone and he was referencing that to his girlfriend sky is it ferrara i think is her name last name sky ferrara okay like that. i think that, yeah that sounds right um she i think is a model i think she does music as well and she's featured on the track that i want to play in a little bit from this album um and you know they're in a relationship and they actually at one point got arrested uh, because he was driving around in an unlicensed van uh, with cocaine and heroin in it. it got arrested. Um, she got let off because she wasn't on drugs and it wasn't her stuff. And well, this was, they were on their way to a show. I think so, yeah. yeah. 
and uh, and it was before the, the second album had been written or anything mm-hmm. like that. Um, and uh, yeah, he you know got arrested and was charged and all this sort of stuff. Um, he later said that uh, that was totally his fault. That situation, he, he kind of felt like he fucked her over a little bit in that situation. Um, but it was because you know he was he was having these struggles with you know addiction yeah. himself and not really making correct mental decisions yeah, when not, you're in that state sort of yeah. thing yeah um and i think like at a certain point like he basically held hold himself up in a in a house strung out on heroin as he was trying to write material for the second album mm. um and like it's i mean it's crazy <laughs> and he apparently though like wrote a lot of songs he wrote 150 new songs right yeah um, so he was kind of so, on a streak yeah so i mean it was a kind of a dynamic time like kind of a low point yeah but sometimes for these struggling artists the low point is their high point of artistic creativity yeah yeah so sometimes that hits the sweet spot yeah and he, he said he said that all of the band members have had issues of drugs um and he's like not sure yeah know. i mean it's around the same time colby hewitt left the band yeah in 2015 due to drug yeah problems and he wasn't actually wasn't sure what effect this had on the writing mm-hmm. he, but he's definitely said it had an effect on shows like i think they canceled the rest of the tour before he went into hospital mm-hmm. to rehab and stuff like that um and he's also said uh like about about that he said being clean now for him is not doing heroin Mm -hmm. like he said he'll still go to a bar and drown his sorrows he'll still smoke weed and he said he thinks some people won't realize that or understand that if you're trying to be clean like but he said for him it's just not doing heroin i mean you can just not do that then he'll be good like you know which is whatever you need yeah yeah take yeah i think we've had talked a few artists about this my bad um oh man i can't remember his name we'll have to dig it up but it was that a uh, solo artist who had a band name it wasn't beach fossils and maybe it was a different waves guy. waves was it with that guy that he sort of goes back and forth between like crazy drinking a lot of times and then wanting to go meditate and then meditate and then coming back to the party scene i'm not sure which artist is we we'll have to maybe not waves up, but, i'm not sure yeah damn it it's man this has been 50 something episodes so it's like hard to I, we need a little uh yeah uh keyword search no i know like I, I know yeah exactly we need, yeah no yeah. we do oh yeah but anyway um yeah it's i mean it's something that's in you know there with music right you know mm-hmm. and yeah like you said it's kind of weird that you know uh, cobain was someone he looked up to and he he ends up sort of following a similar path in terms of the drug use kind of yeah thing, like yeah i don't know what is that about that but yeah. i don't know i mean i don't know yeah people romanticize these rock stars who are extremely unhealthy <laughs> yeah and like romanticize it and i don't know like they yeah, bring yeah, it yeah. into their own life like there's a word for that isn't it rock star chic or something or you, just, I mean, you look strong out yeah you look like you like, like you haven't eaten yeah yeah, yeah. like i mean you got your tight leather pants on. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a look. You're malnourished. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Your yeah. hair's greasy. I mean, <laughs> there was a time, I think, in the 90s where that no, look, for sh- look was like, yeah, yeah, like you're a popularized heroine. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. 
It was yeah. glamorized. Yeah, glamorized. Um, but yeah, so like kind of issues in the band. Yeah. A little bit of rough times. They're just, you know, they're going through it, you know. They're young yeah. people, um, you know, influenced by all this crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. And they're just taking care of themselves. They're trying to make art. Yeah. A lot of swirling stuff happening. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, nobody could, you know, tell these people what to do and how to be in control. Yeah. I don't know the true story of how he was feeling and stuff like that, but all this is happening. He wrote 150 songs. Then what yeah. happened? They they put together another album. Is is <clears throat> the is R? Uh, is the is R is the name of the album. Yeah, 2016. 2016. Eventually yeah. came out one way or another on Strange Weather Recording, or it was recorded at Strange Weather Recording Studios in Brooklyn. And like we said, the drummer Colby Hewitt left um, mm-hmm. because of his rumored drug addiction. Um, although I think some uh, it might have been the other guy that said that wasn't true i think it might have been perez that said that it wasn't true. <laughs> something like that i'm not sure what happened right um but then ben newman stepped in for drums and so i have to fa- fact check myself now because apparently um ben newman did play on a couple of tracks on the first album on the recording oh okay including doused which, okay cool which we played so fact checked that's all right, right. There. but so he came back and stepped in full time to do the drums on this album and uh i mean it's a great album it's um yeah i think yeah no sorry to interrupt no go ahead i just think they they stepped it up a notch as far as production at least yeah just the mixing is better the production is better yeah let's let's give everybody a vibe let's listen along with everybody and let's play a track yeah we got one loaded up from is the is r yes if we sound like we're having a stroke it's because it's just a weird (laughs) um album title is the is the uh, i want to play this track blue boredom uh, which features Zachary's girlfriend, Sky Ferreira. boredom from is the is R. yes <laughs> am i saying that right <laughs> yeah so this this album um blah blah, blah 2016 mm-hmm. um i think their sound deepened and kind of broadened yeah it's it's versatile like i said the production's better the mix is better mm-hmm. um the bass is a little more you know present especially yeah. you know on those songs like that that cool driving kind of post-punk bass yeah um, but yeah, the general vibe, it's hypnotic. The songs are kind of, you know, linear. They move in kind of that formula, formula, formulaic. For, yeah. I, yeah. Is that, yeah. anyway, words. Formulaic. Formulaic. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, how they just kind of move and drone along and take you with it. Yeah. Yeah. Like you, it's like a cloud taking you somewhere. Yeah. But the lead guitars are, are good, you know, better, nice little short guitar passages throughout. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, the lyrics are also pretty deep and heavy because, you know, he's going through these, you know, heroin addiction <clears throat> phases. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the lyrics are about that, too. Yeah. So, I mean, just kind of a general higher value on this album, I would say. It's just they got better at everything that they were trying to do. And I think there's some confusion for me on 
who played what on this because uh, there was a comment from an article around this time saying that um, it basically went back into the studio with the same engineer as the first album, um, uh, Daniel Schlett. And they said over a three-week period, uh, he recorded 19 songs painstakingly, they said, with Cole playing and producing everything. So mm. that was that was said. But also, also what was said is Zachary said he definitely has a lot of weird memories about that time. Um, I'm, I'm sure he does. He said he was doing a lot of drugs. He was in a weird zone mentally. It's hard to make sense of anything being so far out on drugs, he said. Um, he also said he was making a lot of video art at that time, which is basically like he said there's a lot of footage that he was taking at that time. He was on Vine or what? Uh, no, I think he just had a camera. Oh. He was just running around doing shit. And uh, and he said he's looked back at that stuff and he's like, what the fuck? Like, what's going on? There? I mean, he was on <laughs> like, drugs. I know, everyone. yeah, exactly, yeah. Don't do drugs, kids. Um, he, he was listening to... Um, an album from Sonic Youth called Bad Moon Rising, which came out in 1985. He said he just listened to that over and over and over again as he was making this album. Um, so it's definitely it was a heavy uh, influence for him. And they said that track that we just played um, was kind of like similar to that album. I mm-hmm. think. So I haven't heard that album, but I'm going to have to go check it out now. I, yeah, I know is. of Sonic Youth, but I haven't really heard like dive dive in too same. much to their stuff yeah. same classic uh, bands yeah. but that song that we played what was the, the song name that we just played uh blue boredom yeah with uh with that the the girl the the female vocals on there it sounds really good yeah you know that post-punk woman vocal yeah and the, the the vocal style where they're kind of like lightly speaking and it's again this kind of shoe shoegaze type of mix yeah. it was a little reminiscent of courtney barnett who we've talked about also reminds me of uh, that UK band with the lady that talks. Oh, dry um, cleaning. Dry cleaning. Yeah, yeah another good bit. one. Yeah, yeah. Totally. So, yeah, yeah. similar issue vibes. Yeah. But these guys are a little heavier, a little bit more hypnotic and vibey, yeah. Yeah, yeah. spacey yeah. Um, in a good way. Yeah. So, yeah, but yeah, kind of dream poppy, jangle poppy, post-punky on this album. Good stuff. I might dare to say start here. Yeah, it's they've got three good albums. You could just go one, two, three, listen in order. Yeah, this is a good one though, definitely. And also, he said he poured his heart and soul into it. He said it was too important for him to throw away any of those songs. And yeah, I feel like it's you know heartfelt coming from you know deep places of emotion that he's experiencing yeah. over these couple of years. Yeah. So so you know valuable content. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. Check it out. Check it out. Um. So what next? More problems. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't get that far in uh, what was going on in their lives, unfortunately. After off that point, but no, you said there were more problems. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, Perez you know, had already left the band. I think so. It was during this period because it was 2014. Apparently, they discovered that he was making misogynist, racist, and homophobic comments on 4chan on a message board yeah and it was during this album as they were putting it together they were discussing about his future in the band and they ultimately decided that he needed to go because that shit was not cool yeah that he was saying that i don't i didn't see any of it but i'm they maybe those guys from the band saw what he was writing yeah just some comments just like nah yeah which is fair yeah it sounds like some gross stuff yeah and they don't want any of that exactly 
around. Yeah. So he got canceled. They canceled him. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Not sorry. And uh, who stepped I, in uh, to replace him? Uh, Colin Caulfield, I think, took over bass duties, right? I think um, so, yeah. He's also a multi-instrumentalist, this guy, though. Plays keys, guitar, does some vocals as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, he yeah he did a few different things in the band. Yeah. But yeah, awesome. Um, but where was I? Oh, I just... Deceiver, I just, 2019, the third album... Yeah, and yeah. did did uh, did uh, did Cole Smith go back to rehab during this period as well? In between, um, I think maybe he did, but it's okay. Yeah, yeah. He said he finally accepted what it means to go through treatment, right, and committed to it. Yeah, I think I remember him saying um, the first time he went, he didn't really take it seriously and didn't try yeah. to get the value out of it of like actually getting better yeah. and recovering. Yeah. Um, he didn't really take it seriously as this process shows he still had problems with drugs. Yeah. So he went back, but he had a better mindset and he actually tried to recover. Yeah. And I think that helped a lot. He just had a more, you know, mm-hmm. um, intention be- behind his movements. Mm-hmm. So that's good. But they, they wrote another album. Yeah. You know, um, now they're a four piece without Devin. Yeah. Um, but then they they went on tour with Def Haven, Def Haven in the fall of 2018. Hmm. Um, but yeah, Sonny DePerry, mm-hmm. they worked with him on this album. Don't know who that is. He Sonny worked with DePerry. he worked with My Bloody Valentine, okay. who's a huge influence on Dive. And then hmm. he also worked with Nine Inch Nails. Okay. So no huge bands. He's a producer, right? Yes, he's yeah, the yeah. producer, I believe, yeah. and he worked on this album uh, in Los Angeles. This was in right. March 2019. Um, they, they announced that they would release this album on their Instagram account. Oh. Um, and yeah, I think that same day Pitchfork announced their album. Anyway, they come out with this album called Deceiver Mm. and it's kind of heavier, it's grittier, Mm. still kind of shoegaze, but almost more post hardcore vibes, Mm -hmm. like a little bit kind of a brighter, more post-hardcore rock sound rather than like they're moving a little bit away from shoegaze Mm -hmm. so trying a little bit of a different direction Mm. um i mean you could even say it's kind of a drastic direction well because i do know they talked about us being the first time that they really made it a collaborative effort in the writing process yes i think yeah other bands or other members of the band were bringing ideas bringing in demos yeah contributing to the songwriting process for every song Mm -hmm. that's what cole said yeah, which is um, cool. And then they were just concentrating on, um, you know, they would talk about the parts and what would be best for the song. You know, everything about serving the song, yeah. um, not about individual, mm-hmm. you know, solos or anything like that. Yeah, let me see. He said, uh, Colin said, the new member, Colin Caulfield, um, explained about the writing process. He said, Carl, Cole and I approached writing vocal melodies the same way the band approached the instrumentals. We threw ideas at the wall for months on end, slowly making sense of everything. It was a constant conversation about the parts we liked best versus which of them served the album best. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, so that wraps that up nicely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, just darker, heavier production on this. Mm-hmm. Um, let's listen all along with the vibe. I got a song pulled up. We're going to play, or I got to look at it. Is it Black and Chip? Blank and Chip, yeah. Blank and so, this oh, song blank. just kind of rocks. Okay. It's great. And let's vibe out to it.
Yeah. Thousand Isle. Oh, that was solid. I like that. Yeah. Blankenship from Deceiver. From Dive. Yeah. Third album. So keeping with that kind of driving energy. Yeah. But with a little bit more of a different vibe. It was a great thing. Kind of along the lines to how you were describing it um, from NME, a reviewer, a guy called Jordan Bassett. He wrote, uh, where its predecessor was airy and spaced out, Deceiver packed some seriously heavy riffs sliding between monster rockers and moon-eyed grunge ballads. Yeah, there we <laughs> that, go. That wouldn't be too out of place on an early Smashing Pumpkins record. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a good way yeah. to put it. I, I was going to yeah. say that yeah. some of their music reminds me of Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah, yeah. Um, Cole said about this as well. He said, the record is universal. Some lyrics follow the Kurt Cobain model based on syntax and content. Um, sometimes it's about what sounds best. So he's kind of like inspired the, uh, yeah, syntax and context yeah. as a way to put that, which is kind of interesting. And also sort of uncredited on here, at least in terms of like credits on Spotify and all that. Mm -hmm. um, his girlfriend Sky is on the album as well. I think you could kind of hear it in that track. Um, she's doing some backing vocals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was just looking, looking her up. Apparently she's acted as well. She was in Elvis and Nixon. You ever see that movie? No. It was a good movie. Uh, she was, do you ever see Baby Driver? I did. She played his mum in a flashback, I think. Okay. And she's also was in the Twin Peaks remake in 2017. So. Okay. So she's... So I've, she's doing things. I've definitely seen her in yeah. movies and not known. So she's killing it pretty good then. Yeah, yeah. Good for her. And she does music as, as well herself, I think. Um, what a gal. Yeah, she's, wow, she's supported Miley Cyrus and Blondie. Hey. And Vampire Weekend. So I know those names, I think. Uh, I've heard of those <laughs> names. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Uh, that, I mean, that's basically all I got on Dive. That, that came out in 2019. That's their latest yeah, yeah. LP. I think it's their latest release. In 2020, they he put out self-released. So I'm not sure where. I didn't see where he put this. But he put out some demos from the second album, is the R. So I'm not sure if those were the demos he originally recorded when he was strung out on heroin in the house as he was yeah. writing or not. I would hazard to say yes because right. it's demos. So. Yeah, no, sounds sounds like that, which would be cool. Yeah, be an, an interesting atmospherical dive in yeah. of that or Ooh, something like nice, that. <laughs> nice. Um but yeah. So we haven't we we don't know what else is yet to come, but it's twenty twenty two now, so Yeah, it's been a couple right. years. Yeah. Um Are they is he doing well now? Do you know if he's if the drugs situation with no. the band and all that, do we know? I no. Um, I hope we hope you're doing well, man. Hope you're right, doing good. right in if you like. Say hello. Yeah, we like your music. We like you. Let us know what you're thinking about. And also, I have to say, if you like this music, you should check out who we were, who we were listening to earlier, Kite Vendor. Yeah, so that is which is basically Mr. the artist that wrote into us, Kyle Brown. AKA Kite Vendor. Yeah, thanks, Kyle. Sent we us, uh, yeah, he sent us the suggestion, and and your and your music's really good as well. So we'll put that up on screen right now. Boom! Check this guy check, out. Check we, him out on Spotify. We listen to. Hopefully, uh, he's the right one, and it's I, not someone. Hey, else let us know, Kyle. To. Let us correct us, know, us and we'll, we'll shout you out again. Yeah. But we were listening to this stuff before before um, we recorded. Yeah, we yeah, and it was good. We yeah. listened to like 
And he's like got no, zero, zero streams on Spotify right now. So. It didn't show the amount of. So, yeah. It didn't show the amount, so I don't know what that means. But let's 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 give him some streams. Give we're, some streams. We're streaming guys. it today, and it's good stuff. Yeah, kind of beachy, kind of surfy. Yeah, I think if you like, you know, similar bands like Beach Fossils, uh, uh, Dry Cleaning. Yeah. Dive. Yeah, kind of post punk, beachy kind of, surf. Yeah, yeah. Kite Bender. Guitar is doing it. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. check out Kite Bender. Super good stuff. Yeah. And thanks, Kyle, for writing in. We appreciate you listening. Yeah. We're always happy to be learning and growing with each other. Yeah. Um, that's all I got on Dive. Yes. If you guys got anything else, let us know. We're going to play out with a song Jay's loading up right now. Yeah. And he'll let us know. But if there's, um, yeah, if you want to write in like Kyle did, yeah. let us know. Jay, what's that email? Roots to Grooves at signalradio.com. S I G N L radio.com. Also, you can drop a YouTube comment. You can tweet us. That at, helps us out. That helps us out. Roots to Grooves. Follow us on Instagram. Roots to Grooves. Roots for every episode audio for free forever. For you. Go listen to it. Yeah. And uh, here we're going to kick out tonight with this track from Deceiver from Dive. Like Before You Were Born. Grooves is a production of Signal Radio. For more music and independent culture, visit signalradio.com. That's S I G N L radio.com.